0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Chilling with you on a rainy night at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Joe and Harvey. We're here until 10 o'clock. Then Ty Butler will take over the airwaves of 98.7 ESPN in New York. So... We have a bunch of guests for you tonight, too, exactly. Rich Cimini will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll, we'll see what's going on at one Jets drive. Now that Zach Wilson has got his ankle taped and suffered an ankle injury in Pittsburgh, but Robert Sattler says he will play. And my big question is, will there be enough offensive linemen to go? We'll find out from Rich Cimini at 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock, we'll talk a little wild card weekend. Pat Rugazzo with uh, Sports Illustrated, will join us then. And uh, he'll, you know, let us know what's going on and what we can expect from uh, a Met team who is just rolling over the Nationals. Oh, they are just, it's home run heaven. They're just pounding the baseball. They They are just in heaven right now with no pressure. Forgive me for sounding like a bitter person. But had this happened a couple of weeks ago, maybe the Mets and Yankees would be off wildcard weekend. But I digress. We'll see what the Mets are planning to do. Now, according to published reports, the Mets are planning to start Max Scherzer in game one of their wildcard series against the Padres. And you might say, why? Well, Scherzer, if this is what they do, Scherzer would start Friday night's opener. And if, if the Mets win <laughs> and do not face elimination Saturday, then Chris Bassett would start game two. If the Mets lose the opener, the strategy would be to start DeGrom in game two to try to avoid avoid elimination. But if the Mets win the opener, but they lose game two, DeGrom would start game three in an attempt to save their season. But if the Mets were to sweep the Padres in two games, DeGrom would be lined up to start games one and five against the Dodgers in the division series. No public decision has been made so far. Okay, so as we were huddling up pregame with Harvey and Joe, they kind of agree with this, I would assume. They kind of agree. Here's my take on it, and I want to hear what you have to say. You can turn the sound down watching the Mets blow out the Nationals in a meaningless game. 1-800-919-3776. I want to hear from you. But for me, why why would I put DeGrom in a make it or break it situation the way he has pitched his last three times out? I don't have that kind of faith in Jacob DeGrom. I would start him... Friday, I have more faith in Scherzer in two, because once again, I don't know what I'm getting from DeGrom. If this was the Jacob DeGrom that pitched, oh, a month ago, I would say perfect. Exactly what I would do. That that makes perfect sense. Start Scherzer. We'll see how it goes. Then... If we lose, just the way the scenario is, if we lose, okay, give me DeGrom in two. If we win, give me Bassett in two. And then if DeGrom doesn't have to pitch, okay, great, I'll stretch him out. Hey, he'll have extra rest. That'll be good. But that's not the Jacob DeGrom that's pitched the last couple of outings. So I'm a little wary about the, I'm a little wary about looking at DeGrom right now as if he is vintage DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom has an over three ERA, ladies and gentlemen. And as I said to you before, I don't know the last time Jacob DeGrom has had an over three ERA. And he's been bitten by the home run bug. Okay, so I'm a little, I'm I'm just uneasy with this. Now, if I'm Buck Showalter, I understand the logic. I get the logic in it. Okay, this is what we do. But I'll tell you this, doesn't say much about Chris Bassett, does it? Well, if we win, we'll throw you in the t- If we're in a do-or-die situation, like, we don't want you on the mound. <laughs> you didn't get out of the third inning Sunday night. Why would we come back with you? It's just, it's just it's just awkward for me right now. Because once again, I just don't know what, what the ground I'm getting. And this is a San Diego team. And once again, you know, we'll talk baseball with Pat Raguzo a little later in the show but this is a a San Diego team. Yeah, I know they don't have Fernando Tatis, but they're still a formidable team. And with my luck, the new additions from Washington would get hot against the Mets. Oh, I remember this pitching. So that's my concern here. Now, on the other side of it, I get it. Max Scherzer has been pitching better than the Grom. Let's start Scherzer in one get him going, let's see if we can steal one or get, or not, not steal one because you have home home uh, home field, but let's see if we can win this game. And then, yeah, okay, we'll throw in Bassett, and if we don't have to go with DeGrom, we'll, we'll, we'll move him to the division series. But then that means that he wouldn't have pitched in, like, what, a week and a half? I mean, his last start was, was Friday, a week ago, last Friday. So you're ready to keep, that's what, seven, eight days? I I just don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'm really not sure about it. Uh, And and I'm also not sure about what offense I'm getting from this Met team in the postseason. Okay, it's all good now. They're just hitting the ball out of the yard. It's It's home run. It's home run derby. All this plethora of runs. Oh, it looks great. Fabulous. Tremendous. Saving for the postseason. And this is going to be difficult for this Met team, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It's going to be difficult for them to score because, I've said it before, Starling Marte was huge for this team. Not only defensively, and they really haven't lost a lot defensively in right field. They haven't lost a lot. But his bat, his presence, his, his, his professionalism, They've missed it. Listen, Jeff, Jeff McNeil's had a tremendous season. He's going to be the NL batting title winner. Congratulations to him. He's had a tremendous year. But I'm telling you right now, in the postseason, do I really want to see Jeff McNeil in right field? I don't know that I do. I'm concerned. I'm concerned defensively, and I'm concerned offensively with this team. Now, I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready to think that they are ready I believe that they are putting the regular season behind them and they're mentally focused to go in the postseason and determine to get to the NLCS and ultimately to the World Series. Did they make that trip, that road a little harder? Absolutely they did. But maybe that's the way they feel now that it's, that, now that it's happened. They have no choice. So am I confident that they can beat San Diego? Yeah. (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, I believe in 7. a scale of 1 to 10, a 7 that they will beat San Diego and move on. It's Dodgers-Atlanta that I'm concerned about. And more so Atlanta, to be honest with you, because I'm not sure the Dodgers pitching can hold up. But once again, I don't know what I'm getting from my ace. And that is an unusual situation for a Met fan to be in. To say I don't know, I don't know what I'm getting from Jacob Degrom. And he's healthy. See, normally it's well. I'm not sure he's healthy. I don't know when I'm going to get him back. He'll pitch. Maybe, maybe he'll be out. He'll be back. I don't know what's going to happen to him. That that's a different scenario. This is a scenario where. Once again, over his past three or four outings, he has just not been good, and he's given up the home run. And he's throwing all these extra pitches, and I, I just, I'm leery of him right now. But if you're Buck Shaw, Walter, you have no choice, but that's your ace. You put him out there, and you do what you think is best. It is interesting for me to think that you would try to start Scherzer and play moving DeGrom around. If, just my opinion, if this was the Jacob DeGrom that you had confidence in, if this was the Jacob DeGrom that pitched, was so dominant earlier this season, you would start him one, Scherzer two, and you wouldn't think you would need Chris Bassett three. Because both of them, your two aces, will be lights out. You wouldn't even be thinking about Bassett, worried about moving this one around, moving that one around. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN.
1: This is ESPN
0: New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7
2: ESPN.
0: As far as starting Max Scherzer, According to published reports, in Game One on Friday night, which you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN, by the way, first pitch 8:07. I will join you at seven to get you ready and revved up, get your thoughts on it. For those of you on your way to City Field or at City Field, giving me a pulse of what's happening. So we'll be we do that from seven to eight, and then we'll turn it over to our turn it over to our crew at City Field, and they will call the game for you right here on 98.7 ESPN. And Anita Marks will be here afterwards to either celebrate with you or try to cheer you up for game two. <laughs> That's the way it would be. All right, before we get to the calls, DeGrom, this season, 11, 11 starts, 5-4. and four, 1.4 war, 3.08 ERA. The last time DeGrom had an over-3 ERA was in 2017. It was 3.53. Okay? He had 31 starts. He had pitched 201 innings. This season he's pitched 64. 102 strikeouts, 8 walks. Okay? It's not bad. 40 hits, 22 runs, 22 earned runs. But it's 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 just and he's given up he's given up nine home runs uh in eleven games. So I'm like, what that's not him. I mean 2020, he gave up seven home runs. Okay? Last season he gave up six. Last season he pitched 15 games. In 2020, he pitched 12 games. So the home run ball is it's 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 a concern. Especially in the postseason. Now, does it mean that he's not great? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean that does it mean that you don't pitch him at all? No, it doesn't mean that. But you have to pause and say, Am I willing to switch my whole rotation around for a guy who, right now, over his past couple of starts, has not been the guy that I'm used to? And yeah, maybe we're being unfair. Maybe I'm being unfair because I'm comparing him to himself. But that's what I expect. I expect that from Jacob DeGrom. He has reset what an ace pitcher and a dominant pitcher means performance-wise in Major League Baseball. And he's been consistent with doing it. So right now when I see him, and he's not himself, and it's more than one game, I'm, I'm what's going on? What's going on? So that's why in the back of my mind, and I want and and you want to give him an extra day, maybe if everything turns out, and Scherzer does his job and wins Game One, and Bassett does his job and wins Game Two, and you don't need him at three for Game Three. Now I'm waiting, maybe another couple days to start him in Game One. Yeah, that would give that would give him one in five. But what am I getting in one? That's what. 10 days that he hasn't pitched? 1-800-919-3776. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike?
1: A good, a good, uh, good evening. Good early evening. I hope Gordon's feeling better. It's nothing serious. My best to him. Uh, real quickly, so this is getting eerie to me, Larry. So I get off with my other friend, the and he goes, they got to start Scherzer in the first game. I said, mm-hmm. well, I was going to probably say that. <laughs> it's, it's really creepy, man. I'm telling you. And and you make the same argument. Not arguments. It's obvious to me. We don't know what we have with the Grom. You know, we really don't. And I think the Mets really. I don't want to be overly optimistic, but uh, th- this San Diego team is not that good. It really isn't. You know, they got a couple of big name players, and the kid from Washington. He came over here and he's done basically nothing. I mean, yeah. I'm shocked. Machado's so good. The, yeah, pitching's good. They've got to come east to west, uh, west east. They've got to win the first game. Godfrey Shirts are out there. And uh, one other quick comment uh, on the, the football, we'll see. You know, it's going to be crazy Sunday. It really is. be fun day, fun day to have some sports. I get my wife back, and my boys are coming on Monday or Tuesday. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And uh, they're smart. They're, they're stupid, you know. And I go, well, listen, listen. If everything goes well and the Rays are back, how would you like to go see a playoff game? And uh, they go, we're in. We're in, but well, we're going to be golfing. I said, I know what you're doing. You're going to see Mom. I know the whole drill here already, you know. Mm-hmm. But we'll see Yankees. Oh, we're going to Yankees. I said, yeah, but, you know, you want to help out with 400 a ticket? It's amazing what the, the Yankees get at that ballpark when they're in. It's empty. It's crazy. And one last thing on the basketball, just because it's you. I looked at the tape. I sent Alan to break the tie. I said, you and I, not tie. I said, Larry and I didn't see any pick and roll. So I went to the source. I want to hear what he has to say. Uh, I'm sure you're, you know, you're busy all day long, but mm-hmm. uh, look, I'm not going to be critical. Uh, right. But uh, I just, just want to see the adjustments because I said to another guy today, who was a big Nick fan, he said, well, what happened last night? Did all the balls out in play? See, what's good for me, affirmation at my age,
2: mm-hmm. is
1: that all the people I really trust in judgment are seeing the same thing. Right. So, you know, body breaks down, but my mind's still intact. And uh, you know we'll see what happens. So we've got a lot of sports. Let the Jets and Giants win. Let the Knicks get their act together. Let the Mets and Yankees advance. Am I asking too much?
0: Uh, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> you might be, Spike. Thanks for the phone All call, right, my yeah. friend. You might be. You might be. You know, but you got a little time for the Knicks. You know, we we have we have some we got some cold winter nights to be watching the Knicks to figure out what they're going to do. But uh, you know, look, just like we said last night, it, it's the first. It's the first game. Just roll. And let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens. As you move further into the the, the the preseason, you will see, you know, pick and roll. I mean, and all the other stuff that, that you that, that you're expecting, because you know, it's 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 uh, it's Thibodeau, and he's already yelling and screaming. He's in mid season form, yelling and screaming and stomping on the sidelines. He's ready to go. So you can expect that they will do some more things, you know, with the basketball a little bit later as you move on in the preseason. So, you know, the first night, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, Sam's in Marlboro. Sam, you're next on 98.7.
2: Hey, Larry. Thank you so much for having me on. Great show as always. I just wanted uh, to say two quick points. Like the Mm -hmm. first about McNeil. Like, yeah. um, you said, he like, you're scared of him playing in the outfield. That, that's an interesting point. I, I wanted to challenge you on that because the defensive okay. metrics kind of prove you wrong. It says two, like, it depends on which ones, but I look at defensive run saved. I like that one best, but everyone, you know, mm-hmm. has has plus two in, in like, left field and, and center field. So, like, it's it's weird. So, the one, he, he's, like, neutral and, you know, like, zero. It's, it's center field. So, like, you're using him all over, but it seems mostly left field, right field. And um maybe he was better the year before, but the guy just won, like, you know, a batting title, Larry, oh, yeah. like he's gotta I be in the lineup. It.
0: Listen, Sam, he's yeah. gotta be in the lineup. I get it. I understand it. He's gotta be in the lineup. You'll find a place for him. He's the he's the NL batting t- champion. So I get that. Just me, just me. I get a little uneasy when you have people playing out of position in the postseason. I know he can play it. Okay. I know he can. I've seen him. You're right. He's not he's not terrible out there. He's solid. He's solid. Just me. I've seen too many games lost with that's bad what I wanted plays, to hear, you Larry. You know what I'm saying? With bad plays or people out of position making tough plays and so on and so forth. So well, I, lineup, I want him in the lineup. I want them in the lineup, Sam.
2: Me too. I just I wanted to hear your perspective because you watch the team more than me, Larry. I'm a Yankee fan and that's what I love mm-hmm. to hear. Thank you. And that's my second point was about the Yankees. Sure. Um that I think I think they, like the people who criticize Boone and there are people who are defending Boone and do you think it adds more pressure that they didn't reach the century mark and win 100 games? Because I, I believe one of the boom staunchest defenders, they say he won at least 100 games each of his first, you know, whatever year he managed the Yankees. So mm-hmm. now that he has 99, you can't even say that anymore. Do you, do you know what I'm saying, Larry? Or do you think that adds pressure yeah. to go deep in the playoffs? Because, well, you know, it's, this guy won 100 wins every year he's coached this team. That's a good, you know, defensive, I guess, even though they're a good team. And uh, that's all I want to say. Uh, Thank you so much, Larry. All right, Sam.
0: Thanks for the phone call. I'll put it to you this way. If they go deep in the postseason and they ultimately get to the World Series, nobody cares how many games he won during the regular season. Nobody's going to care. If they don't get there, then you're going to say, well, you know what, they could have won 100 games and, you know, they had that that bad stretch that lasted seemingly the whole summer. July, August into September where they were just brutal injuries, bad play, bad pitching, bad, no hitting. They were just awful. On the other side of it, Sam, I've heard people say, okay, everybody says that boom won over a hundred games. Repeat after me because you're the Yankee fan, Sam. It's not about the regular season. It's about championships. And if they win a championship and they don't win a hundred games, Nobody's going to care about what they did in the regular season. Nobody. The pressure is on them because of the fact that they have not gotten out of the first round of the postseason in a long time. A long time. And you're not really sure that they can do it this year. Because you don't know which Yankee team is going to show up. Is it going to be the Yankee team that's – and we understand they're not as good as they were at the start of the season. Okay, we get that. We understand that. And we also understand they weren't as bad as they were at the end of this near the end of the season. But the question is going to be, are they the team that is closer to what they were early or closer to what they were later? And what are you getting from Garrett Cole in game one? We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN.
1: This is ESPN New York Tonight
0: with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. Semini at the top of the hour. 1-800-919-3776. Send to Stanford. That's where Chris is hanging out listening to 98.7 ESPN.
2: Yeah, how are you, Larry? Chris, what's up? Uh, I was just curious your thoughts. I feel like I'm a Yankee fan, but follow New York sports, obviously, mm-hmm. so I, I feel like it actually applies to both Yankees and Mets. Mm-hmm. But we're, Both Yanks and Mets front office are currently in a squirrely spot <laughs> where basically none of the avid fans really expect them to win a World Series. Obviously, they would be ecstatic if they did, but they're also in the spot where if they don't, they're going to be calling for heads.
0: Well, they're in another spot too, Chris, and not only would they be calling for heads, they'll be trying to re-sign some very important players, and there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. And some of these decisions, Chris, thanks for the phone call, is going to depend on how far these teams go. Okay? Some of them. Now, the Yankee decision about Aaron Judge, that decision's already made. You need to re-sign him. Okay? I just don't know, and this has been my, my opinion all along is I believe the Yankees will give him the money. Money is not the issue for them. And I know about luxury tax, and they've been trying to balance the budget, and so this, I, I understand. It. I understand. But I still believe the Yankees will pay him monetarily. They're, they don't have a problem giving him the money. The years are going to be the issue, I believe, with the Yankees for Judge. Okay? It's 31 are you going to give him a 10-year contract? I'm just saying. Yankee fans, would you give him a 10-year contract? Now, history kind of gives you an idea. They extended Alex Rodriguez, and and at the back end of the Alex Rodriguez contract, they were not happy. It led them to make a different deal. Okay? Later, when Robinson Cano was signed as a free agent by Seattle, where the money was equitable, it wasn't It wasn't that Seattle gave him more money. They gave him more years. And that was fresh off what the Yankees went through with a So we fast forward now to 2022, and Aaron Judge has just had an unbelievable season. As Gordon Damer says, it's the best postseason in sports history. What a walk year to have. He's going to get the money from somewhere. He's going to get the money from somewhere. I believe it'll be the Yankees. Now, if he wants 10 years, I don't know if they'll do that. So that's the Yankee side of it. On the Mets side of it, depending on where how deep they go in the postseason, you can expect that they're going to look at trying to see of adding some more pop in that lineup. Because the team that beat you in the division, and it's not like the Mets had a bad year. They did not have a bad year. Had a bad couple of weeks, but they did not have a bad year. And depending upon how they do in the postseason, the question becomes, will they add another home run hitter or two? Because they they don't have consistent home run pop in their lineup like Atlanta does they also don't strike out like Atlanta does but Atlanta hits mistakes and they just bludgeon you with the long ball now next season it might be more advantageous for you to have the averages and the and you know making contact with nobody with with not, you're not able to switch not switch you're not able to you know uh Play on one side of the field, put four infielders, you know, put four outfielders in the outfield. You're you're not allowed, you won't be allowed to do those type things. So perhaps it might change how you look at postseason from an average standpoint. Okay. But even still, think of it this way you're facing Justin Verlander. What is more likely for you that you hit a mistake? And you hit it out of the ballpark with maybe a runner on that reached on an error or a walk or maybe an infield hit. Or is it more likely that you strung together four hits, three or four hits and got a run in? Come on now we're talking Justin Verland. It's more likely that you went long. You hit the long ball. You hit a mistake. That's what's more, more than likely. So if the Mets don't go deep, that could be a consideration that they say, you know, we need to get more pop in our lineup. Plus, Jacob DeGrom is a free agent. I'm reading from our colleagues at ESPN, Jeff Passan, Buster Olney, Tim Kirchner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He could get $50 million. $50 million, Jacob DeGrom. Oh, by the way, Edwin Diaz, who's had a not a bad walk year himself, is a free agent. Brandon Nemo's a free agent. So there's a number of changes that you might have to make based on how deep you go. So this is even more than okay, what do we do if we don't get to the if we don't go deep into the playoffs? Because I think if if you both teams believe they can go deep in the postseason, they do. The Mets from a pitching standpoint, the Yankees from a hitting standpoint. We'll see what happens. 1-800-919-3776. More be calls next on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on
1: 98.7 ESPN.
0: 1-800-919-3776. Also hit me up on Twitter at ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. Jay Super 09 hit me up on Twitter. He said, Larry, they're going to start the Grom game two. If they lose game one, they're trying to set up the pitching for L.A. It's brilliant. Okay, I hear you, John. And you're right if they win game one. But see, if they win game one, they're not starting, according to the published report. If they win game one, then they're going to move Bassett to two. They won't start DeGrom in two, and they'll just move him back to uh, facing the Dodgers in the division series. So, and once again, that was the discussion we had. We, we started out talking about that, that report in the New York Post. And I was just saying, you know, for me, I, I, I would start DeGrom in game one. Because I just, I, 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 I'm just not sure what I'm getting from it. I'm just not. Over the past couple of starts, he, he's not been lights out. Because previously, if he was lights out, he'd start one, Scherzer two. I'm not worried about three. <laughs> I got Bassett ready to go up there's a three, but I don't expect to be playing a three. I've got DeGrom and, and Scherzer. I'm boom, done, one, two. That's it, one, two. That's what I'm looking for, one, two. The fact that they're trying to move this around, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Steve's in Paramus. Hey, Steve, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up? How's it going? It's going good, Steven. What's happening? Not much. I was just calling in regards
3: to what you were talking about earlier with the judge contract.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I agree with you that maybe 10 years might be too much, mm-hmm. but after the year that he had, I just can't see them letting him go away. If, if they're offering seven or eight years, I mean, really, what's the other two years going to cost you? I'd rather have him for six, seven, potentially eight really good years than no more years at all after this. You know what I mean?
0: I absolutely do, Steven, but hang with me a second. Let me ask you this. If you're the Yankees, all right, do you think think that he's going to continue to play the way he has, I mean, it's going to be some slippage. He's not going to hit 62 every year. Okay. So let's, right. Let's, let's make sure we understand that. All right. Yeah. But, but are you concerned if you're the Yankees, are you like, well, is that injury thing going to come back? Are are we paying him just as he gets older? Cause you know, really at this level, we haven't seen a guy like him. Well, I mean, Dave Winfield's close. But I'm saying we haven't seen in this era, we haven't seen a guy like him who is this athletic, who is who can who's so talented he could play center field at six eight, two eighty-five, and look like, you know, a gold glove center fielder. Okay. But right. he has had injury his history. So does that injury history come back as he gets older? What you know, that's that's the Yankees' thought process is we want to sign you know, him, course. and I hear what you're saying. Seven good years is better than, than you know, nothing with, with you. But from their standpoint, they're wondering, okay, what are we going to get if he, you know, is not good?
3: You know, I was talking about this with my friend yesterday, actually. Um, I mean, immediately I thought about the injuries um, and th- that he's had an injury history, which no doubt he has. Uh-huh. But Really, when you look at it, if you look at the years that he actually played, on average, he averages about 130 games a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not terrible. You know what I mean? Last year he played, I think, 140 games. This year, 155 games. So, I mean, the, you know, the injury concern is definitely there. You, you don't want to be too concerned about that, though. I mean, just want to... No, you... Well, you have to be.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You have to be, and thanks for the phone call, you have to be a little concerned about it because this is an investment. So for me, once again, and Mets nine, Washington two, top six, uh, for me, looking at how the Yankees may think about it, I just think it's the years. Now, you could say, listen, give him 350 for 10 years. 35 for 10, 35 a year for 10 years, 350 million, right? I mean, is that doable? How much is the best player in baseball making, playing no postseason action in Anaheim? He's making a lot of money. Shouldn't Judge make more than him? Should judge and listen? I love Francisco Lindor. Should judge make more than Francisco Lindor with the season he's had? So, what will it take? And while you say seven years, I'll take seven years. If somebody offers him 10 for an athlete, we're talking about security. And we're talking about security. I got to look now. I have to look at who it is, what team is offering. And their situation, okay. I thought uh, Robinson Cano he took the money, but Seattle was not a team that was close to winning anything. You know what I'm saying? They so it's not it's not only the years and the amount, but if you're Aaron Judge, you know, and and Mad Dog was Mad Dog made this comment. And he's right. He made this comment to Stephen A. on First Take today. With the Yankees, you know you're in the running to go to the postseason every year. Okay, every year. You're in the running. Now you 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 haven't, you know you you, <laughs> you haven't gone deep, you haven't won a championship. Okay, but you're in the fight. Okay. You're in the fight. So that's got to be a concern, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. So why would I take a bunch of money and and play like Mike Trout? Why would I be in the situation like Mike Trout is in? Or Tani is in with Anaheim. I'm making all this money, but my team's going nowhere. We're out of it Again. Again, when I can, you know, stay with the Yankees for less years and money, but know that I have the chance to win the championship. It's an interesting question. Subi's in the Big Apple. Subi, you're next on 98.7.
1: Hey, man. um, Regarding the Yankees and the Giants situation with uh, Aaron Judge, you know, the pros and cons are there. I heard that Mad Dog... Uh, clip as well I just feel like the Giants would be a more relaxing situation for Aaron Judge I feel like the Yankees the media market is getting to a point where there's a lot more pressure on these players than before also the Yankees core is getting older so you know the, my situation is Aaron Judge could have a clear clear mind in San Francisco versus New York and I don't know maybe that peace of mind plays a big part it's played a big part in pass-free agents. Uh, whether they've succeeded there or not, that's a different situation. But the peace of mind situation, I feel like I would be more happier in
2: California. That's all i got to say.
0: All right, Subi. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I got it. But, here's the question. If you're Aaron Judge, all right, it, it may be cool and We're chilling out in in San Francisco, near family, you know. Everything is good. But let's face it. Last year, Giants lost the uh, NL Division Series. Okay, that was last year. This year, they're not going to the postseason. Okay? So last year... They lost the the uh the division series. In the past ten years, from twenty thirteen to twenty twenty-two, they've made the playoffs three times. If I'm Aaron Judge coming off a 62 home run season, depending on what the Yankees do this year, am I going someplace where they they've only made the playoffs three times in a decade he's been in the playoffs what every year that he's been here it's been in the playoffs every year has it gone far he's been in the postseason every year when you get used to that it's hard it's hard now if he goes out and the Yankees win a world championship okay maybe okay I got my ring now maybe it's a different it's a different argument Okay, I'm going where the money is. I got my hardware. I got my, what a year for me. I got the AL championship, home run, home run championship. Okay, 62 in a year, in one season. I'm the man. I've got it. I got a World Series ring, and I'm about to get paid. That's a heck of a year. So then if he's doing that, maybe it's a different perspective. You got what I'm saying? But if if all things being equal, and I and they don't get to where they want to go, being the Yankees, if I'm Aaron Judge, I don't know that I'm going someplace where I don't know that I'm going to get to the postseason. I just don't know. When I'm used to being there, Danny's in Yonkers. Danny, you're next on ninety-eight seven.
3: Hey Larry, uh, so. I uh, wanted your take on something. So, I was watching the Jet game Sunday, Mm -hmm. and to me, I don't know if it was just a fresh air that, you know, Joe Flacco did okay. But, like, to have a mobile quarterback, I don't know if it was watching Flacco when he's so slow. He made Wilson look like Speedy (laughs) Gonzalez. But, I mean, there were some plays I think he kept us in the game because even though he just threw it away, he was avoiding sacks like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. I was watching a few plays where he looked like he juked these guys out of their pants and then just, you know, ended up throwing it 50 yards out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, those sacks into, you know, just another play, not a 10-yard loss, I mean, that that's
0: a major reason why we won. Yeah, no question. Zach Wilson, uh, Danny, thanks for the phone call. Zach Wilson played well. He did. Uh, he played well in the first half, struggled in the third quarter, great in the final two drives in the fourth quarter. Okay? And obviously, as a mobile quarterback, he's able to buy time and help the offensive line and move out of harm's way and do some things to extend plays. That's what he does. That's one of the things as to why the Jets liked him. Because in today's NFL, you have to be able for your quarterback to be mobile and extend plays. All right? The thing is, you just don't want him to go on these unscheduled, unscripted runs and not make sure you look downfield or continue to look downfield as you're moving out of the pocket and scrambling and buying time for receivers to get open. Okay, that's what you that's what you're looking for. All right. So uh in that scenario, yeah, he was better than Flacco. Flacco, but you know what you're getting with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's not running anywhere. Joe Flacco didn't run when he was winning Super Bowl titles with, with Baltimore. It's not him. He's a pocket guy. Stand tall in the pocket and throw it down the field. That's Jeff Flacco. That's what you were getting. That's why he's a backup now and not a starter in this league. Let's continue to talk Jets. Jets-Dolphins Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Will the offensive line be kind of healthy? Ritsamini has the answers next on 98.7 ESPN New York.